The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I'm also exhausted. Sasha, how are you doing? <laughs> um, same. I mean, I, I, t- <laughs> I took a much needed day off yesterday and I took full advantage of it and did what I normally would do Sunday, which is nothing. Um, so <laughs> that helped quite a bit. But still this morning, I was like, I'm not getting up at 430 like I planned. My body was telling me to to take it easy and sleep in a little bit longer. Yeah, I am kind of having a hard time believing that I leave for Ireland on Friday, which before I say anything else, just also shout out to Union Bank and Trust. Uh, they are making the trip to Ireland possible for Hale Varsity, and we are very thankful for them. So just wanted to give them a shout out because I leave Friday. Now, yes. I'm leaving a few days early, which admittedly is my own uh, choice to do so. I just thought I've never been to Ireland. It would be nice to be able to spend just a little bit of time actually sightseeing and mm-hmm. like trying to um, experience things beyond just working. With that said, like obviously I do imagine that I'll be working quite a bit, even in those few days beforehand, just in another time zone, which is totally fine. Um, <laughs> as long as I can get to see some things here and there, that'll be, it'll still be very worth it. Um, but yeah, I... I like when we recorded our previous episode, I had been on like a six day straight back and forth between Omaha and Lincoln. Um, got a couple of days off, which was nice. I was like still out of work, but I mean, off from having to drive. Yeah. And definitely took that time to like do laundry, get the house kind of back in order after a little bit. But like now I'm realizing that I definitely have kind of put off, um, not put off packing. I know what I want to take. I just kind of have to start pulling everything together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm tired. Um, and I actually have to run today as a training day for uh-huh. me. I do not want to like at all. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. I made up my long run from missing it over the weekend yesterday, mm. which is normally a shorter run day so I took today off because I have hockey tonight and I didn't want to overdo it so I got to get up early tomorrow and do the medium run so yeah yeah, I'm with you part of me was like I'll just like maybe push it to tomorrow and then I was like you know I don't actually want I I shouldn't do that I should just get it over with so Mm -hmm. that's I'm I am gonna do it today the weather is um it's very nice I just I am. It's hard. Motivation is hard. And like, even if you are the most regimented person, even if you have a really good, like, uh, even if you have built a really good routine it's just sometimes you're just not feeling it. And to be Mm -hmm. honest with you, you do need to listen to your body and listen to the way you're feeling. Um, 
in this case today, I can tell it's more of a mental thing for me where yeah. I'm just like, I really don't want to. It's not so much a physical thing. So I'm going to do it even though my brain is like, mm, let's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, that was, well, I mean, over the, since the end of last week through the weekend, I was, I was helping out down at the Pinnacle Bank Championship and those are just really long days. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and, and you're moving constantly. And I was like, let's not totally overdo it. So then next week's training is totally trash. Like let's mm-hmm. just put it off. You can not feel guilty about it and just put it off. So yep. <laughs> I'm glad I did because I don't think that I would have gotten the mileage in yesterday, but I totally get it. Yeah. It's hard sometimes. It's very hard. I just, oof. I will say also when we talk about like people just, you know, being nice in the world, I have to tell you, this was the wildest thing I witnessed. So I was on the way back from Lincoln and I was in the middle lane because I was, I think I was like going 76. So in my opinion, I'm still probably not going fast enough for the left lane, even though I'm, you know, technically going one mile over, but I was like, I was in a really good spot. Now the person that I was coming up again, like coming up toward in the left lane was definitely going too slow. And I am all about like, if you're not going to drive at least a speed limit, or if you're going to drive slow, just get over. Like you don't need to be in that lane. Well, they start getting tailgated by this guy in this like blue, um, midsize SUV. And, um, it just cracked me up because, he was just so impatient. And um, if anyone follows Elise Myers on TikTok, she mm. also just had a TikTok like today or a couple of days ago where she's like, nothing gets me to be a more petty human than somebody tail like tailing me when I'm already going a little over the speed limit. Same. And so I like this, this car next to me was like, not like they were holding their ground or like, we're not speeding up. And I'm like, I'm already going over the speed limit. I've already seen a couple of like police officers on the side of the road. I'm not particularly interested in getting a ticket today. So I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. Well, this guy like slows down, pulls behind me, starts tailing me. And I'm like, buddy, not today. So he pulls into the right lane, just speeds around me. It's like, just whips around me and then like just pulls into the left lane as fast as he could. And it was the most dramatic middle finger I've ever seen in my life. Like, I mean, he he did the whole like arm in the air and then it was, it was wild. I was like, I hope you feel better. Uh, I hope you feel better because you have a better day. That was goofy. (laughs) I, um, I think I've, I've said this a couple of times on Twitter, but like, instead of flipping people off anymore, I just give them a real sarcastic thumbs up. Like people like that who cut people off or um, intentionally, like I, I'm also super petty. Like I will, int- if you are riding my bumper and I'm already going more than the speed limit, I'm going to slow down. Yeah. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to slow down probably I'm, to five under. And that's I'm your totally fault. totally happy to do that too. If you're in a hurry, I get that people run late and things happen, but like, if you are in a hurry, you're in that much of a hurry. Like, so I'm sure everybody else is like, you're not more entitled to the road than other people. So thumbs up. Rude. It's exactly. You don't need to be rude. Yeah. People are just so goofy, but yeah, last week when we had our conversation, which by the way, um, whenever we talk about, uh, Brittany Griner, I just always know. And so I, just like kind of been a reminder for me of like even myself of like before you react if your first gut re- if your first gut reaction is just to react because 
you haven't taken a moment to either read or listen or understand. Mm -hmm. It's just been a, it was just a, another reminder of a lot of people react without like consuming what they're actually like reacting to. Yeah. And that did happen a little bit last week. So, you know, again, I, I don't, if, if talking about Brittany Griner's situation, but also then talking about how that, you know, directly affects other detainees like we did, like, I, I think people, if they would have actually sincerely listened to the whole thing probably would have been, I always believe that more often than not, people are closer in like, they're closer in what they think on a situation than they realize there are always yep. going to be extremes, but I don't often think um, some of the comments are coming from extremes or just coming from um, a, maybe a lack of willingness to listen. Mm -hmm. So just a friendly reminder that if your first reaction is just like, just to be mad, maybe, maybe double check why. <laughs> yeah. Take that. That's those instances that we talk about when we mean taking a beat, just, just take a beat. Take a beat. Um, yeah. With that said, um, one thing though, it was kind of interesting is after we recorded that previous episode, I thought about, well, dang, we should have talked about this last week, but I'm actually like, I'm grateful for the order in which like, because, um, Honestly, both what we talked about last week with Brittany Griner and then what we're going to talk about this week are both very, in my opinion, evergreen topics. Mm -hmm. um, but as we all now know, uh, since since our previous episode, Serena Williams, one of the best athletes to ever exist in our time, um, mm. is choosing to retire. And um, she did so on the cover of Vogue. Uh, and explained in that piece what her what went into her decision and it is something that I will say you know we've talked a little bit about this on this podcast but as a woman working in sports and not having a whole lot of guidance of like what sort of is next for me or for anyone like the reality is the reality is for women when we become mothers if you choose to or not to if you if you're if you choose to become a mother or choose not to become a mother if you're able to or not able to they're all different walks of life in mm -hmm. this world and one thing i will say regardless is that when women choose to become mothers um things change yep. and there is a reality that like i listen to even around me that when the men I work around, when their wives or their partners get pregnant, um, there's never a question of like, what are you going to do? Like, are mm -hmm. you going to stay home? Are you going to like, there's never any conversation around what the men in the, the equation are going to do. It's always about the women. And if the women choose to then continue working or if, um, just choose to, you know, keep pursuing whatever it is that they're doing pre-pregnancy. Right. Um, it almost becomes this like, wow, you're doing it all. And like, the reality is, is like, no one can do it all. And I think, I think the thing that really struck me about Serena Williams' choice to retire and her reasoning for it is that there, this concept that women can have it all is a myth. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't mean mm -hmm. that as a like, don't chase doing everything. But I think we have like long 
built up this idea that women can do everything. And even just thinking of like a 40 hour work week and how 40 hour work weeks, work weeks were originally designed around one individual leaving the home, going to a workplace for 40 hours while there was another person at home doing all of the cooking and cleaning and keeping of the home. Mm -hmm. But now with, you know, both, you know, potentially both partners out in the workforce, there isn't that person at home doing those things, but typically women end up being the ones who take on a majority of that, um, that workload at home on top of the work that they're already doing. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, just like kind of like the, I guess all of that to say for me to see Serena Williams be so open and bold about her retirement and her choices and the reasoning, it kind of just gives you a little bit of like a humbled moment of like, if the greatest athlete, if one of the greatest athletes in the world can be very open and honest about the choices that she's making about like, I am not in the same body I was in, you know, 15, Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Um, This is really hard on me. I've now had, you know, put your body through a pregnancy. It, she's only 40 years old, but I mean, to kind of like realize like even the greatest of all time is not a superhuman is not superhuman is a very humbling thing. Whereas like as a woman, I don't know, it inspires me where I'm like, we don't have to be everything all the time for everyone, I guess is how I was trying to get there. (laughs) No, I, I think that you're absolutely correct. And like, I had a couple conversations about the article in Vogue and her retirement um, last week, but a couple of things that stood out to me specifically. And it's like right in the very beginning of this article. And if you haven't read it yet, go, go find it. You can read it for free, I believe for free on uh, Vogue.com, but it's, it's really beautifully written. And I think it's a, it's a very unique perspective um, and conversation that she has throughout this, this entire, uh, her retirement article. But basically in the beginning, she's talking about how, her daughter is, you know, playing with this interactive app. And like, she says a lot when she's asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, or what do you want to be when you get older? Uh, she says she wants to be a big sister. And then Serena goes on to say a little bit after that, she's like, this felt like a moment I needed to listen to very carefully. And then says, believe me, I never wanted to have to choose between tennis and a family. I don't think it's fair. If I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this because I'd be out there playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'd be more of a Tom Brady if I had that opportunity. But, and then she goes on to kind of talk about how she's only really had this type of a conversation with her therapist Mm -hmm. um, and how, you know, it's, it's not super common for women to talk about that part, that aspect of their lives. And I think that you're right. Like when, when you start to think about having a family or you do start to begin planning, having a family or actually, you know, have, have children at home, it changes your perspective on things quite a bit. Um, I think, uh, and I can't speak for men, so I will say for women, I know that, I mean, I haven't, I don't have a child of my own, but I do have a stepson and when he came into my life, it really changed changed my perspective on a lot of things. There's a lot more things that you have to think about, you know, like, you know, even just scheduling. But then when you're a person who who works quite a bit, like Aaron and I both work quite a bit, you start to kind of your perspective just starts to change because at the end of the day, I think sometimes as women, 
who are in the workforce, maybe we identify a lot or like our job becomes a very big part of our identity. But then when you add a family into the mix or planning for a family or thinking about a family, it changes things a lot because that can't be so much of your identity, your job can't be, or your career can't be so much of your identity anymore because there are other things that you have to think about. Yeah. And I think a lot about say someone like Sam Ponder and Mm -hmm. when Sam made the choice to start her family, she, she will tell you, and I admire her for saying this, but I'm sorry, three times where your children are born between like May and June, uh, if you're fortunate enough to be able to plan that well, like I don't think that that was necessarily an accident that they were always trying to time uh, if able her children to be born basically in what would be considered her off season. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, again, I think, you know, if she would have found out she was pregnant and due in October, she would have made it work too. I'm just saying she was in a position that uh, her, her story allowed for that to be possible. So, um, but I think about her a lot because, you know, she went zero to 100 really fast from going from um, zero, zero kids to three kids in very short mm-hmm. amount of time. She right. like had for a little while, I think like three under five. Um, and, you know, when I look at her, her experience that she had a lot, like here's, here's the reality of Sam Ponder's situation. Mm-hmm. When she had Scout, and she's talked about this on her Instagram and in other interviews, but when she had Scout and made the decision to continue with college game day, knowing she'd have to be in one city on Thursday nights for her sideline reporting duties, but then she'd have to then get to another city very quickly for college game day, and then potentially even another city, depending on that, for Saturday night. Now, I think Mm -hmm. she did back off the Saturday nights very quickly so that she would only do Thursday and then Saturday mornings. But my point is to make that possible for her. And a lot of people, I did not realize this. Her mom essentially gave up her life for that fall to travel with the two of them to make it possible for Sam to be able to do her job because Mm -hmm. Christian at the time was still playing in the NFL. And so for him, he, you know, he's also in a situation on weekends where he's not fully available. And so to allow for Scout to remain with Sam because you know in in those early years or early months I should say especially there are reasons that she would need to be closer to her mom um but you know Sam basically said none of that would have been possible if my mom hadn't had dropped her whole life to essentially travel with us from August through December of that year to allow for scout to be with us so that I could also continue with my job. And, you know, when she then ultimately made the decision to step away from college football and go into a studio show for the NFL, um, she talked about kind of in similar ways, like, you know, some of these same challenges Mm -hmm. of, you know, needing to find kind of a home base, needing to be able to be there for her children. And, you know, obviously Christian's role in the world has also evolved where he's no longer in the NFL. He has more, he, he ended up being the one who was staying home quite a bit while she was, but for her, she's going like, my priorities are changing. I can't quite be doing what I was doing forever, but it is really hard because, um, as women, you're kind of told that you should be having children from the second 
it's always inevitable. Like the second you start dating someone, when are you getting engaged? When you get engaged, when are you getting married? Once you get married, it very quickly becomes, when are you having children? And even if people don't ask you when you're having children, you can feel that pressure. And I just want to also throw a caveat onto that. Um, I do appreciate that in this world, this is starting to shift, but if we could really move away from asking people when they plan to have children, because you really don't know what you might be unpacking in that Mm -hmm. question, um, you could be unpacking a whole lot of personal um, trauma because Mm -hmm. they they may want so badly to be able to get pregnant and are unable. Um, They just may not want to, but feel that pressure of people constantly asking them. So like, all of that to say, like, I'm, I'm grateful to kind of feel like that is shifting a little bit where people yeah. don't ask so much, but I know I've talked about it on this podcast before. And I just really just, I don't feel like it's so hard to convey this to, especially, I guess, men. And it's not a like call out. I want to say, I really, I heard something recently where they're like, this isn't a call out. It's a call in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what it is for men. It's like, this is a call in of like trying to understand, not a call out. Um, But like for me, and I'm using myself as an example, which I've brought this up on this podcast before, but I have never witnessed another woman pregnant on this beat in the role that I have right now. I've never seen it. And I have realized that if and when I choose to start a family, I am going to be potentially the first woman in the role that I am in right now to show other women what this journey looks like. And I'm just talking about in Nebraska. Like, I'm not talking about elsewhere. I'm just saying in my little bubble, in my little world, this is my experience. And um, not being able to ask somebody, not being able to be like, what was this like for you? Or at yeah. least just witness somebody. Like I have watched people that I know start families, but they're all men. They're the ones who, to Serena Williams point, they're, they're the ones who like, they're, they're the ones having to, they're not the ones having to carry the child and work like, work that piece of expanding their right. family. Um, so it's just, it's just hard because I, when I hear people I work around who are like, Oh, you know, my wife, my partner, um, my significant other is pregnant. I'm like, that's so exciting. Um, but like the, I guess, physical nature of that change is not present in their day to day. Like you're not going to see them show up and suddenly become aware of like, Oh, you know, their stomach is getting bigger. or Oh, this is like, you're not going to witness any of that. Mm -hmm. And look, it's already freaking hard for women in sports to begin with. People are constantly criticizing your body, your looks and everything else. And so now you're like, great, everyone else is going to be looking at me full time because of this. And so I don't know. Like I said, with like Serena Williams, I think having her be so open and it is really beautifully written. The photos are also stunning. Um, but yeah, kind of makes you feel like for a second, like this is like at least somebody that you can look at and be like, okay, they get it. Right. I don't know. No, I, I think you're, that you're absolutely correct. And I, I thought, and I could be totally wrong or misremembering this but didn't she get some like quite a bit of 
negative feedback because she posted some pictures of herself while she was pregnant and and people just I, I, I seem to remember that there there was something like in the news or something like that that you know because she had posted photos like that but it's I think that 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 line in there, like maybe I'd be more of a Tom Brady if I had the opportunity. Like, don't get me wrong. I love being a woman. I loved every second of being pregnant with my daughter. I was one of those annoying women who adored being pregnant and was working in the till the day I had to report to the hospital, although things got super complicated. And I almost did do the impossible. A lot of people don't realize that I was too much pregnant when I won the Australian Open in 2017. But I'm turning 41 this month and something's got to give. She, she went through so much with this pregnancy as well. Like mm -hmm. I, the one thing that like she had to have an emergency C-section for right. her daughter, Olympia. Um, she, she essentially had so many health complications there. Like she, she actually wrote an essay at the time following to explain to people about like, just to be like clear, like this is graphic, but like she would cough and her C-section wound would, would open mm -hmm. from how hard she was coughing, how intense her coughing was. Um, she'd have to return to have that, you know, to be operated on to prevent further clots. She was dealing with blood clots. Mm -hmm. And this is a person who has access and availability to the best medical team, best medical care in the world. But like you're watching what she's going through. But I will say, I really appreciate Serena Williams talking up about this because I'm reading the essay that she has, which by the way, you can look up pretty much everyone published it at the time. Like I'm reading it from CNN, but it's just a repurposed um, piece. They're mm -hmm. just basically copy pasting like her essay in here. But she points out that according to the CDC, black women in the United States are over three times more likely to die from pregnancy or child related causes. And it's not just a challenge in the United States. It's across the world. But I mean, they, the reality for her is, is she's like then seeing like, here's the, you know, one of the best athletes in the world who nearly died in childbirth. But thankfully, because of the access and availability to the medical care that she had was able to continue on not only as a mother, but as an athlete, she was like able to continue to, to play the game that she wanted to, but like her also always like recognizing her place in that story of like this reality for me is not the reality for so many other people. Right. I think I just really appreciate that about Serena because she and Venus take a lot of crap. People say have a lot to say and people have spent her whole life trying to make her less than for all types of reasons. Mm -hmm. And the thing that has always really been really profound to me about Serena, when she talks about these moments in her life and these decisions or the things that have happened to her, she's always very cognizant of how it affects others. Yeah. And that is a true goat when we talk about it, because that is somebody who's saying like, yeah, it sucks like that. I have to give up the thing that I love, but I mean, I just, I don't know. I love like, so she talks about her legacy. She says, this is her words. I get asked about it a lot and I never exactly, I never know exactly what to say, but I'd like to think that thanks to opportunities afforded to me, women athletes feel they can be themselves on the court, that they can play with aggression and pump their fists, that they can be strong yet beautiful, that they can wear what they want and say what they want and kick butt and be proud of it. I have made a lot of mistakes in my career. Mistakes are learning experiences and I embrace, embrace those moments. I'm far from perfect. 
I have taken a lot of criticism and I'd like to think that I went through some hard times as a professional tennis player so that the next generation could have it easier. And then mm -hmm. she goes on to talk about how I hope that people come to think of me as symbolizing something bigger than tennis. And she admires Billie Jean because she transcended her sport. And so she thinks that she'd like her legacy to be this. Serena is this and Serena is that. And she was a great tennis player and she won those slams. And th that's like for her, she's like, I want to be known as that. And I think when you kind of get through that where she's like, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I want to be a symbol of it bigger, but she kind of then says, I'd like it to be this. I'd like uh -huh. it to be Serena is this and Serena is that. And she won all these grand slams, but she was like, I wasn't ready to win, win Wimbledon this year. I don't know if I'll win New York, but I'm going to try. And so I think as she kind of goes into it, like the way it reads to me is while she wishes she could just be known at the end of the day as just this amazing tennis player at the end of the day, she's going to be known as so much more. And so her, her Absolutely. legacy will far transcend tennis. And I, I think, you know, sometimes when you're one of the best, like you're like, why can't I just be known as one of the best for the things that I'm doing? Mm -hmm. But she's going to be known as one of the best who did a whole hell of a lot too. Yeah. And, I was yeah. Um, thinking about that a little bit, the like last week when the article came out, when I was growing up, I mean, Serena Williams has been around for, she's only three years older than me. <laughs> but she was doing, I mean, she started playing tennis at such a young age and got both her and um, Venus just were like the athletes to watch on TV mm -hmm. for women athletes, female athletes, I should say. Um, like that, I just remember, I never was really into tennis, but like, I just remember being mesmerized watching both of them and being like, wow, like, I wonder if I could be that good at something someday. And that was, yeah. you know, 20 years ago. Um, so thinking about that and then, you know, transcending like what you're supposed to wear on the tennis court and creating her own line and showing, you know, I, I believe that she said, you know, in, in her article and you mentioned it too, but like that women can be strong and yet also soft and beautiful at the same time. Like they can, mm -hmm. those two things can be true at the same time. And when I think of very strong athletes that happen to be female or femme, I, she's at the top of the list. Like I just, to me, like she's just so iconic because of not just because of tennis, but literally what you were just talking about, like all of the other things that she has done. Mm -hmm. I think, I think for, you know, I think for me, I, I need, I'm going to be sitting with a lot of lessons from sitting with a lot of lessons from this for a while. And I hope to sit with a lot of them because it's like, it's as I look toward the future for myself, kind of you like using Serena's words to understand like it's okay like things may not be what you want like in that moment like if she could keep playing I mean the reality is I, and we know this like Tom Brady to do what he is doing is made possible by a lot of people around him making that possible for him and I'd not to say that Serena is not also surrounded by people making it possible but right. the, the difference is is like Tom at the end of the day was not the one having to carry his children. He mm -hmm. had a partner who was the one 
doing that for him. Mm -hmm. And that's not taking away from him as a father. I think sometimes there's always like this, like, well, you know, what about ism of like, that's not to say there's just a difference and acknowledging, acknowledging those differences is not a bad thing. It's actually a way that we can start to kind of understand. And um, I don't know, just put, just kind of, make sense of like what the world looks like for people and how that the next generation of young women, tennis players, other athletes, how they now know like what's possible because they've seen Serena Williams and they've seen her transition into this next step in her life. Mm-hmm. Like how, how often do we not see women older than a certain age on television? So you kind of thought once I hit 40, uh, my, my, my career is over, like I'm done. But now you suddenly are starting to go like, you know, you look at the women like Linda Cohn, or I even look at like Erin Andrews and Mm -hmm. her evolution and how Erin Andrews, I think as she's progressed in her career has stopped sort of caring if people like what she's doing in her career or not, she's just moving into the next steps. But I look at someone like Laura Oakman, who is like one of the best sideline reporters around and she's going to keep going until she just doesn't want to do it anymore. And seeing women be able to age and, grow and exist as adults in spaces that previously had been oh, you're too old you get on Mm -hmm. out of here like this is good it really sucks and it sucks for serena that she has to feel the way she does right now and has to work through these things i'm so glad that she talked about her therapist therapy is a great thing um but she is going to make it easier for the next generation because of the way she is handling things now because they are going to have the opportunity to watch one of the greatest of all times transitioned into the next phase of her life in a way that we didn't get to see with a Michael Jordan or even what we won't, we won't see it because it is a different experience. It is a different different. lived experience. And it's okay for those things to be different. You know, I, I feel like sometimes folks will get hung up on like, well, it's different. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what we're saying. Yeah. It is different. It's going to be different because it's a different life experience. It's a, you know, um, Let's just not get hung up on the little stuff and and watch this happen. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to be a really great thing. And I think that, um, you know, maybe seeing her, you know, be the best mother that she can be, not that she wasn't before, but like really growing into that role and, and, and just watching that evolve is going to also be just a beautiful thing. It really will. And I am truly thankful for her words and her to continue, like I said, not just sharing her perspective, but always putting her perspective in um, light of others and making their, making her, her reality something that others can then share with her. So um, with that, uh, I do want to just say, if you want to email us, please do mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com. So I want to say, I haven't actually looked into it closely enough. I did uh, put it on my to-do list. I'm fairly positive. It was user error last week. So I will confirm that to be true. Uh, I think there was something going on with Microsoft and uh, cause I couldn't even log into my own personal Mm. account. So there was something definitely not right. And then I just honestly got busy and kind of forgot to circle back. So I put (laughs) it on my to-do list. As we talked about in the previous episode of making lists, 
I specifically put it on my to-do list. So I will triple check into that because I think it was user error. <laughs> gotcha. Just basically making, just making moves barely out here. <laughs> oh, I tell you, what a, what a time. I uh, was also mentioning this to Sasha for everyone who is kind of wondering about the next episode. Uh, we will have an episode. I will be in Ireland um, when we are recording. So uh, that'll actually be kind of fun. Um, I don't know. We can we can just talk about the start of football season. But if you yeah. let's do this, if you could tweet some like thoughts, questions, anything about football, if you want to know what life is like um, in Ireland, if you'd like to know what life is like training for uh, a half marathon as well as market to market, because you're also doing market to market. You can send them to both Sasha and I at Sasha72 at Aaron Sorensen on Twitter. Be sure to send them on Twitter right now, just until I get the email <laughs> situation figured out. Like I said, pretty sure it was user error, but just in case, tweet at us. That'll be very helpful. <laughs> yes. We appreciate just, it. Just until I can figure out if I'm uh, just being dumb or not. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, I was laughing. Um, I got a new tripod and I uh, thought I broke it and even emailed Amazon and was like, this this one's broken. But like none of the reviews shared my same issues. So I was like getting a little suspicious. Oh, I there is a little like a little out dent on it that is meant to stop the tripod from like flying open like it's supposed to stop it. Um, oh no, Aaron is just being Hulk strength out here. And I just threw it over that. So of course it got stuck <laughs> and now you can get it back off of like, you can, it just, it takes a little like strength. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so long story short, I've been having an experience in user error lately <laughs> where it is not the product or anything else. It's just me and my lack of understanding. So, <laughs> or superhuman strength. Or my superhuman strength, or my like inability to read directions. One of, <laughs> one of. Well, oh. next week will be fun. Safe travels. Thank you. It'll be great. We'll talk next week. I think we'll just plan on like it'll be like normal time for us. Not that it matters for anyone listening to this podcast, but if we do that, it'll be like eight in the morning for you and two in the afternoon for me. So, yes fantastic i'm looking It'll, forward to that i can tell you about the future yes and let's not forget to one more time mention that that trip and anything that we talk about during that trip is brought to you by union bank and trust yes we're very very grateful to union bank and trust they have done a lot of really great partnerships with hail varsity over the years and um, beyond Hill Varsity, but also with Herd at, Herd at Media, everybody else. So we are really thankful to Union Bank and Trust. So thank you so much to them. Actually keep an eye on Hill Varsity channels throughout the next, like next week. So I would say starting the upcoming weekend into to the week after, because they are making a lot of cool things possible. Um, so just keep an eye out uh, because they're going to have some fun things for us to uh, be able to do and bring to you as a viewer, a fan, all of that. So I'm um, very excited. Need to actually get packing. So <laughs> that's next on the list. It actually isn't on my to-do list. I'm going to add it now. <laughs> Better do that. <laughs> maybe maybe if I put it on the to-do list, it'll happen. It'll get done. <laughs> as always, thank you all for listening. Be nice to each other. And we'll talk be to nice you next yourself. Week. Yes. We'll talk to you later. Bye.
A Huda Media Production.